As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I welcome you very warmly to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings read by members of our choir from their homes, and prayers and a sermon which I've been able to record from within the church as I can access it directly from inside my home. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, and so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins.
very warm welcome to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this Palm Sunday as we begin our journey through Holy Week. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The first lesson is taken from the prophecy of Isaiah, the fifth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it, and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is taken from the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St Matthew, beginning at the 33rd verse. Jesus said, Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude, because they took him for a prophet. This is the word of the Lord.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Almighty and everlasting God, who of thy tender love towards the world hast sent thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility and also be made partakers of his resurrection through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, Defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It was a fine spring morning, and I was in need of cash. So I went along to a branch of my bank in a busy shopping street, which happened to have not one, but two cash point machines outside it. One of those machines had a queue of about 10 people patiently waiting to use it. The second machine was evidently out of order because nobody was using it at all. So, with a sigh, I joined the queue at the first machine and prepared myself for a long wait. At which point, a young man sauntered up to the second machine, the one that apparently wasn't working. He inserted his card, withdrew some cash, and sauntered off again. At which point, a veritable stampede of people from the queue next to it hurtled towards the vacant machine that he had just left, as we all realized simultaneously that both machines were in fact fully functioning but when we had observed a long queue at one of them and nobody at the other, we had all drawn exactly the same erroneous conclusion without any of us actually bothering to check whether it was in fact the case that the second one wasn't working. And I suspect that everyone there felt as stupid as I did. Human beings have a very powerful herding instinct particularly when gathered together in sizable numbers. Seeing a crowd behaving in a particular way, we are naturally inclined to assume that those who are already there know more than we do about that particular situation. And so we can sometimes find ourselves drawn into their pattern of behavior quite unthinkingly. The worrying thing is, of course, that a crowd of people can be capable of behaving in ways that the individuals within it would never dream of doing were they alone. I remain very haunted by some film footage that I saw back in 2003 that was shot in Iraq in the immediate aftermath of the downfall of Saddam Hussein. Baghdad was something was suddenly plunged into chaos and bizarrely people were shown ransacking not only shops and businesses and government offices but looting from their own hospitals and running through the streets with sophisticated medical equipment things that were of no practical use to them whatsoever but were of critical importance to the medical staff struggling to tend the sick in the midst of a riot, let alone to the patients themselves. Such behaviour can, be, can appear both perverse and bewildering to those of us looking on from the outside. But it illustrates very alarmingly how a crowd of normally law-abiding citizens can quickly acquire the characteristics of a single living organism with a life and an identity of its own. Indeed, watching any large crowd of people on the loose, particularly one that is excited or angry or volatile, 
can be a bit like watching a shoal of fish swimming together, a shoal that can instantly change direction, moving as one. A crowd can swiftly become far more than the sum of the individual human beings within it. In my sermon this morning, I was describing how the mood of the crowd on Palm Sunday changes dramatically during the course of Holy Week. The same people who are enthusiastically welcoming Jesus as Messiah at his entry into Jerusalem are the same crowd who, on Good Friday, are howling for his death. And these powerful and paradoxical themes are woven together in our worship today. The liturgical colour that we use on Palm Sunday is red. Red is the colour symbolising both kingship and the blood of martyrdom. There is a poem by Marie Post entitled Palm Sunday that develops this imagery very strikingly. The motifs of adulation and kingship on this day foreshadowing the horror and the brutality of Calvary. Its final verse is chilling in its understatement. We see Jesus entering the gate, pausing to let a shaft of timber through, a piece of wood, a piece of wood that is destined to become both an altar, a place of sacrifice, and a throne, the seat of a king. In St. John's Gospel, the death of Christ and the glory of Christ are so profoundly and inextricably linked that the Gospel writer quite deliberately uses the same phrase to denote both of them without any distinction, referring simply to the time when Christ is lifted up. The poem, Palm Sunday, by Marie Post. Astride the colt and claimed as king that Sunday morning in the spring, he passed a thorn bush flowering red that one would plait to crown his head. He passed a vineyard where the wine was grown from men of royal line and where the dregs were also brewed into a gall for Calvary's rood. A purple robe was cast his way, then caught and kept until that day when, with its use, a trial would be profaned into a mockery. His entourage was forced to wait to let a timber through the gate, a shaft that all there might have known would be an altar and a throne. Amen.
Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, you showed the world your princely power by entering Jerusalem on a donkey. As we rejoice in you as our King on this Palm Sunday, grant us the courage and the humility to follow in your footsteps this Holy Week and to walk the way of the cross, that we may also share the glory of your victory over sin and death this Eastertide. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of life and for your many blessings. At a time when we are all facing challenges for which we feel little prepared, grant us thankful hearts. We thank you for the gift of love and friendship, for giving us our daily bread, for the beauty of the created world. Help us to be generous, compassionate and patient, especially when we feel frustrated, alone or afraid, and grant us the strength and the companionship of your Holy Spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all whose lives are darkened at this time by sickness, despair, or grief. We remember all whose lives have been torn apart by the impact of the present pandemic. For those who are ill, or in hospital, for those who are unable to comfort loved ones who suffer, for the bereaved, especially those who have been denied a final farewell to one who was close to their hearts. And we pray also for those whose work and income are at risk, for those who are fearful for the future, we pray for families who are under pressure and for those who feel abandoned, alone and unloved. Surround them with your loving arms, Heavenly Father, and help them to know your peace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who work in the medical and the caring professions, for those who tend the sick and look after the vulnerable in the most challenging of circumstances. We pray for all who strive to keep the torn and tattered fabric of our society intact by ensuring the safe delivery of food and medical supplies for all. We pray for those who volunteer their services to support those who are in need. And we pray for the leaders of the nations, for all whose decisions shape the future of our own country. And we pray 
that they may exercise their authority, touched by the spirit of your wisdom and justice. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church throughout the world, for all who strive to keep alive the light of Christ in places of darkness, for all who bring hope into lives that are in despair. We ask your blessing upon this church of St. Bride, upon our community of faith, and upon all whom we seek to serve. May this ancient holy place continue to be a beacon of light for all. And we pray for ourselves and for one another, and we offer to Almighty God the concerns of our own hearts, the needs of those whom we love, and we remember also those who have no one to pray for them. Heavenly Father, may the love of Christ enfold us. May the mercy of Christ absolve us. May the strength of Christ support us. May the peace of Christ console us. And may Christ's presence be ever near us, now and throughout eternity. In his name we pray. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.